The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the management of KUCI or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show, go to KUCI.org. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 in Irvine. Welcome to In the Garden, hosted by University of California Master Gardeners. I'm Mark Fearley, your Master Gardener host for today. I'm excited to bring you a new show on KUCI. Each week, one of your University of California Master Gardener hosts will feature a current gardening topic. Our show will will specifically focus on what is the right thing to do at the right time of year in our Orange County Gardens. We are all University of California Master Gardeners, That means we are volunteers who have a passion for gardening, but more importantly, we have been trained by the University of California Cooperative Extension in science-based gardening, horticulture, pest control, and water management. We are a public outreach arm of the University of California, and our mission is to bring this information to the public. We hope you'll join us weekly for a half hour of fun in the garden. Now, today's program, we have a guest to be interviewed, a gardening expert. Her name is Elizabeth Bancroft. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you, Mark. Elizabeth, we are going to be talking today about composting. And I know for a fact that your expertise involves being a master composter. Can you tell us what a master composter is? Sure. So a master composter is a master gardener volunteer with extra training in the composting process, who then provides this information to the gardening public. Very good. Now, along the way, there are many benefits to composting and I hope you can give us a little insight into what your your feelings are on the benefits of composting and how the public can generally use those benefits. Sure. So it's a good question. Why, why would you compost in your own backyard? And there are many benefits Composting reduces green waste, reduces the waste that goes to the landfill, and recycles it into something that's perfect for your garden. Did you know that about half of the solid waste that goes to the landfills could be composted? It's organic material, and and much of it can be composted. So there's environmental benefits, plus There's gardening benefits. You save money because you don't have to go out and buy the compost. Oh, I like that. Thank you very much. We can all appreciate saving money and being usefully using our waste. Right. Plus, compost is best as a soil amendment, so it improves your soil structure and makes it healthy. And we all know that healthy soil makes healthy plants. Isn't that the truth? And don't forget, while you're out there turning your compost pile, you're exercising. We all know gardening is very good for your health. Composting is too. What do we normally use when we're 
tossing our pile, as it might say. <laughs> okay, so you want to know how we get started. Let's start by defining what compost is so everybody knows what we're talking about. So compost is biologically active material that results from microbial decomposition of organic matter, and we do it under controlled conditions. So what it is basically is organic material that decomposes. That makes it simple it, rather than being a mouthful. Right. It's very simple. So let's get started. What do you really need? Most people use a bin to compost in, although you probably don't have to. You could just take your garden waste and pile it up, and eventually it will all decompose. But we'd like the process to go a little quicker. So we use a bin. What do you mean by a bin? A bin is a, a container of some kind about three feet tall by three feet wide, by three feet, so that you end up with a cubic yard, approximately, uh -huh. of material. So it, it's not as big as it sounds, but it's, it's big enough so that you get enough heat generated to get it going quickly, decomposition. Would, would that be kind of like a large outdoor trash bin? It's about that size, yes, but we don't really recommend you use a trash bin because it doesn't get enough air into the pile. So you can use cement blocks that are formed into a pile or bricks that are formed into a, a, a shape, a square shape, but, or you can use pallets that are kind of hooked together just to give something, some structure to your waist so it doesn't flop around. But we prefer wire bins using some kind of hard wire so that it forms a circle about three feet wide. Sounds like it's probably easier to move around then. Too. Definitely. The, the wire bins are very easy to construct, or you can look on the Internet to find information or look on our website for information, and we'll go into those details. So now you've got a bin, and you have to figure out where to put it in your yard. Let me tell you, you need to put it where there's water because composting requires a bit of water. Really? Absolutely, those microbial bacteria, the bacteria that decompose the, the, the organic material need water and air, just like you and I do. Excellent. So you need enough room so that you can turn that pile. And you probably want to put it somewhere where it's not in obvious view of your back door, just because it... it Off to the side someplace. That's it, exactly. Okay, so then you've got a bin... And you've got a fork, some kind of pitchfork or turning fork that you can use to turn it. You've got a hose. And boy, all, all you need then is your materials to compost. What kind of materials? Okay, so people probably have heard about composting with browns and greens. So let's talk about what that really means. Brown material is carbon-rich material. Carbon is something that the organisms need to grow to live. It's usually dry, so low moisture material like dried leaves. It's lightweight. You could use straw, sawdust, shredded cardboard even, shredded newspaper. Really? Right. All of those things are high in carbon, and they're lightweight. You mix those in about equal volume with green material. And the green material is nitrogen material. It's full of nitrogen that the microbes really like to eat. I imagine that's what really rots. It ignites the rotting That's process. right. 
So high nitrogen makes it go a little faster. So what kinds of materials can you compost along with your leaves and shredded materials? You can use kitchen waste from vegetables or fruit, grass clippings, so no more throwing out grass clippings in your green waste bin. I like that. Coffee grounds are an excellent source of nitrogen. And you can use, you know, if you go to a coffee shop, they'll gladly give you some spent grounds, and they make wonderful compost additions. Really? Usually, and I've seen people do this, and they come with the filter on it. That's fine. Filters are just paper. They can be composted right along with the grounds. You don't have to separate them. No problem. Oh, I like that. Tea bags and manure. So people always ask us about manure. Is it safe? The answer is manures from animals that don't eat meat, like cow or chicken or horse, that, those kind of manures can be composted. Stay away from manures from cats or dogs because they have potentially bacteria or parasites that you don't want in your compost pile. Uh-huh. So now you've got green material and brown material, and you need to mix them in about equal volume. Now, when, you, when I say volume, you can think, oh my gosh, you'll have much more green than brown because green is more dense, and the answer is yes, that's right. So you don't want, you want that nice balance of about equal volumes. So then you have water and you have oxygen. So you take your browns and your greens, start with a bucket full of each, mix them together, make them a little bit wet, not too soggy, just wet, moist like a damp sponge. Gotcha. Mix it up, add some more, mix it up, add some more until you've got a nice pile about three feet tall. So let's talk about what you shouldn't put in the compost pile. Good idea. Okay, so there's some things that you shouldn't put in. So if you have some plants in your garden that you want to compost, but they're full of fungus or some kind of bugs or disease, I would put those in the green waste bin because you can't guarantee you'll kill them in the compost. How about weeds? If the weeds haven't gone to seed, they're fine. But if you're pernicious weeds, meaning they're really hard to get rid of, I'm not so sure I'd compost these, those either. I think I'd throw those away. No meat, no fish, no dairy, no oil. The reason is not because they don't compost, but because they rot. They kind of get rancid. The oil gets rancid, and they smell, and they attract critters. So best not to put any meat, dairy, fish, oil into your compost. I was going to ask you about that, uh, because that, uh, and maybe we can get into that after you finish, uh, some of the myths. Sure. Okay, so a lot of people, so... A lot of people don't have, maybe don't have, a cubic yard of material to to compost. And they say, I'd really like to compost, but I don't have enough material. What do I do? The answer is you can start a pile with whatever you have on hand. Keep adding to it browns and greens and browns and greens. So I do that sometimes because I live in a small household of two, and we don't generate a cubic yard of waste all at once. So I collect leaves from my trees that fall, and I shred newspaper, and I shred, you know, it's one of the best ways to get rid of those nasty bills you don't want to look at anymore. (laughs) Shred them up and compost them. 
You can shred newspaper. Don't worry about the inks on newspapers because it's all soy-based now. They're all safe. I understand that. No glossy paper from magazines. Those aren't so good because they have varnish and things on them potentially, and you don't want those. But I start a pile small. I add my kitchen waste to it. I cover up the kitchen waste really two to three to six inches deep with the brown material, the leaves and the straw and whatever. And then I add to it when I have more kitchen waste and I add more green and I cover it up with more brown material. So every week or so I will dump some green waste on there, kitchen waste, and I'll add shredded newspaper on top or shredded leaves, whatever I have. And I stir it up and I wait. And then eventually I'll get to, and it starts to compost because everything degrades. And then eventually I'll get to where it's about three feet tall. And then it really heats up and goes quickly at the end. So, How hot does it get? Well, it depends. If you have small pieces of stuff and you really mix them well and keep it well aerated, that mixing it makes it aerated. And if you keep it moist, then it, it gets up to about 130, 140, and maybe even higher degrees Fahrenheit. And that helps it rot. Right. Absolutely. So the heat comes from the bacteria. So you can compost in the shade, you know. You don't have to be in the sun. It's probably almost better than having it in direct sun, isn't it? Well, it it? keeps it less, you know, protects it a little bit from drying out as quickly. Right. And and this this was another, you, you mentioned cutting it up. To me, it would seem as though... Uh, and I, you probably are going to get into this, but the smaller pieces that you have makes it rot faster. You're right because or decompose faster. Absolutely. So people ask us often, how long does it take to get compost? And the answer is, it depends. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so it depends on the particle size. So how small you cut up your material. If you cut it up into small pieces like one inch, which is, can be a lot of work if you don't have a shredder, which I don't have, right. it goes faster. But if you just chop it up in the kitchen as you're, <clears throat> sorry, as you're generating the waste, then it saves time. Also, it depends on the content, carbon and nitrogen. Remember the greens and the browns. Uh-huh. So if you have too much brown, then it doesn't go as fast. If you have too much green, it kind of smells bad, so you know that something's off. Good tip right there. Too much Mm -hmm. of one. makes Too much brown makes it slow. Too much green makes it kind of smelly. Smells like ammonia. Okay, so the other thing that impacts how quickly it takes is moisture. I talked about the pile should be about as wet as a wrung-out sponge. So moist, not soggy wet. And how you tell how, whether you need to add water or not is just look at it, touch it. As you're turning it, you know, I talked about turning the pile to get moisture into it or to get air into it. Look at it while you turn it and add water as you turn it. Don't try to just water it from the top. It's really hard to wet the pile just from Sounds the top. pretty simple. It is simple. And the other thing is it'll go faster if it's about a cubic yard to begin with because that makes enough mass for the bacteria to really stay nice and toasty warm in there so they can do their work. I see. And so it normally depends on how you maintain 
your pile. I was going to ask you one question. Uh, is it better to have a deeper pile or a wider pile? So the answer is it, it doesn't really matter. Everything will decompose. If you pile it a little higher as opposed to wider, you get a better core temperature. You get a more concentrated area for the bacteria to do their work in the center. Then when you turn it, you take the inside core to the outside and the outside to the inside as you're turning it to mix up those bacteria and get them go the colonies going again. And some people have more than one bin. Oh, isn't that great? If you have space for more than one, it's so nice to have two at least because then you can make your pile in bin number one and turn it directly into bin number two. And then when it's ready to turn again, you turn it back into bin number one. So you always have a place to turn it. You don't have to move the container around. So if I hear you right, you are filling up one bin, totally full, mm -hmm. and not adding things to that bin which would lengthen the, right. the decay process or the rotting process, if I'm hearing you right. So the way I do it in my yard, as I said, I have a fairly small amount of material. So at some time, at some point, you have to stop adding material so the pile can decompose. Uh -huh. Very good point. So I get to a point where my bin is full, and then I stop adding new green waste. And I save it somewhere else. I make a new pile. And then I take the existing pile and I turn it back and forth until it's decomposed. And you asked me a good question. You said, how long does that take? My answer was, it depends. But let me give you a rough estimate. Good. If you chop stuff up really well and turn it and mix it and keep it moist, it takes about six to eight weeks and you have finished compost. Wow. Quick, huh? That means that you've got the right volume and you maintain it well and it goes quickly. But if you have only a small amount of, of space and you're turning it less often, then it takes a little longer. So how do you know then when the compost is done? Good question. It is That's a question. Uh, something I was going to ask you. And we get asked that all the time. So when you start a compost pile, you'll see these are brown material, these are green material. Even when they're mixed up, you see them. As the, 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 these components decompose, you start to lose that distinction. It's all just sort of brown material. It's great. And then when it's really finished, you can look at it. You can't tell the difference where the starting materials, browns or greens. It all looks the same, and it's not hot anymore. I like that. So it doesn't heat up. It's nice and uniform material, even if you have sticks and things like that still in there. So I let it sit about two weeks after that without touching it, no turning, no anything. And then I actually screen mine because I want to reuse those sticks and things that aren't decomposed completely. I screen those out and use them again in the next pile and then take my screen compost right to my vegetable garden. I would imagine even those little sticks add some pore space to get air into it a little bit at a time anyway. Well, they add space to the compost pile, but I don't want them in my veggie garden. Right. Right. So then I, how do I use it? The, the most important thing to remember is that compost, finished compost, is best used as either a soil amendment or a mulch. 
So it's not truly a fertilizer, although it has nutrients, let's be clear. It's better to improve your soil structure. It adds, most importantly, if you have clay soil, it increases the pore size so that the water can penetrate better, the roots can penetrate better. If you have sandy soil, it decreases the porosity. It in increases the tilth. That means that it gives the roots something to hang on to and lets those, keeps that moisture in the soil in both cases and gives an opportunity for the roots to get those nutrients and moisture that they need. Wonderful. Going along with that, and maybe one of the myths is it smells. Oh, gosh. I don't want it near my house. My wife keeps accusing me of that with my compost pile, but my compost pile doesn't smell. You're exactly right. The only reason you would have odors or critters in your compost pile, what critters I mean like rodents or raccoons or something, is because the, the composition is wrong between greens and browns. As I said, if it's smelly, that means it's either too wet or it's too much green. So what's the solution? Mix it up, add more brown material, and you'll see the odor goes away right away. I see. And if you're so it's the distribution. Right. So most of the problems that you have with compost, there's really only one answer. Turn the pile. Uh -huh. If it's too wet, add more brown. If it's too dry, add water. Add greens. Listeners, hear that. If you're getting critters, that means that you're taking your kitchen waste and you're not covering it. You're not burying it deep enough into the pile. So if, if you have that problem, add more brown material on top. Okay. Anything further along that line? Uh, one thing I've noticed, and people have told me, you know, I keep filling up my pile, but it keeps getting smaller. Well, that's great. We all, we, as you decompose, we know that things get smaller. It gives off gases. It gives off water. You want it to get smaller. Can you reduce the volume? That's one of the benefits of composting. It takes a big pile of stuff, and you end up with a smaller pile of wonderful soil amendment. Another great benefit, now, I'm sure this is something that everybody would like to know. It's basically organic. Oh, absolutely. So the only thing that you want to watch out for is if you use pesticides on your lawn, and then you cut the lawn and put those into your compost pile. Be sure to let those sit for a good year. I don't know what specific pesticide you've been using, but the residue may hang around for a week or two weeks. But I, I don't use those. So do not use pesticides for materials on materials that are going to go in your compost, compost bin. bin. That's a good watchword. And you know, if you have questions about how to start or maintain a compost pile, we have step-by-step -step videos on our website, and Mark's going to give you the website before we leave here today. And if you look at those, web, those videos, they'll show you exactly how to start. It'll demonstrate all the steps that we talked about. Great advice. Does the Master Gardeners, Master Composters, is Master Gardeners and Master Composters, are they two separate? or that is a designation within the Master right. Gardener. Master so, Composters are Master Gardeners with special training. I got you. Now, 
Do you put on public workshops? We do often, yes, Mark. So the best way to get to see any of our workshops is to look at our calendar. Our public website has a calendar of all of our events, and it'll list when we're doing demonstrations or lectures or where we are. Great. Well, let's see what else we can talk about here. We're not going to, if we do it correctly, as you have mentioned, turning small bits, correct kitchen waste. We want to make sure, too, along that line, that it is a term that I use, and I'm sure everybody else does too, is well composted. Right. Because I know if you buy compost from home improvement centers, got to make sure it's well composted. Right. And the way you can tell is if you let it sit and it gets hot, it's not done. If the if the pile gets warm, you know it's not finished composting. So wait another couple of weeks. Because otherwise you are going to get seeds from possibly from prior existing materials that haven't been composted yet. And seeds create Plants and right. weeds, mm. etc. Right. We don't like weeds. Right. It's best to, to make your own compost so you know what's in there. Well, I think we've come a long way here in a short period of time. Elizabeth, thank you very much. We're about out of time today, and we'll be talking to our listeners next week. Be sure to tune in. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. If you have any questions about today's show, or if you have any general gardening questions that you'd like a personalized answer for, please feel free to visit our hotline and send us an email at hotline at uccemg.com. You can also visit the Master Gardener website at www.uccemg.com for lots of good information on gardening and also a schedule of events where we'll be speaking.